Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 87 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about equipping and inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to join us because we're going to have a conversation with a guy named Doug Wilkes. Now, Doug Wilkes is a coach who helps you find your strengths so that you can focus on your strengths, and there's lots of benefits to that. So we're going to talk about the benefits of honing in and focusing on your strengths rather than your weaknesses, how you can find out what your strengths are, and how you can tap into Doug's coaching to help you get to the next level in your life, whether it's your marriage your career, your finances, anywhere. So check out this episode. Here we go. All right, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. How have you been? Awesome. I'm glad we got started. Awesome. I know it's about time, right? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, you brought us a, uh, a guest, and I just realized we said awesome like five times in the last five seconds. But That's pretty awesome. Why don't you just go ahead and introduce our guest, because <laughs> that's more important. Well, I like to think Doug's kind of awesome too. You know, I've, I've gotten to learn a little bit about him. Our really good friend, Sarah McDaniel, uh, sent me a message one day and said, you've got to meet Doug and, and get to know him. He's doing some incredible stuff. So you should have him on the show and, and learn about what he's doing. So Doug, thanks for coming. We got Doug Wilkes on the, on the program tonight and we're going to learn a lot of cool stuff from you. Hey, thank you guys. I'm super excited. I, I love the work that you guys are doing at Beyond the Rut. And um, man, I couldn't be more on board with your mission. So very excited to be here. Appreciate it. Are you in Colorado or you were traveling and now you're back in Dallas? Or Yes, I was. Um, I was on a little vacation when we were connecting, and but I'm back in Dallas. I'm a, I'm a, a born and raised Dallas lifer, awesome. but I was... Uh, I was a little early on my Colorado trip, so I didn't really get to fully get a full respite from the August Dallas um, awesome heat blast we'll have here in a few months. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I was in um, up in Summit County, so did a little knocking around and hiking and stuff up there. So it was a good, was a good break, but I'm back in the rhythm now. That's good. I, I, I love Dallas, but I I was in Colorado last summer, I think, with my daughter. I had a blast up there, so that that's pretty cool. So you were born and raised in Dallas. Born and raised. Awesome. I'm, a, I'm a lifer, cool. and I'm not. I'm not die hard, but I mean, hey, you know, go Cowboys, go Mavs, go Rangers. Everybody. I don't. My Sunday is not ruined if if they don't <laughs> win over at Jerry World, but I root for them for sure. So uh, we got. I guess we got the we got the new generation. We got Dak and Zeke coming through now. We got the new generation. So we'll we'll see how that unfolds. We got a few years to watch them, I think. <laughs> and those two guys can actually win games. Hey, there you go. He's, they can't. He's from California, so we yeah. try to just excuse Jerry everyone's time. That was me faking it as a Cowboys fan there. I, I tell people I'm kind of a lazy fan now. I'm just like, I'm happy if they win, but it doesn't ruin my day if they don't. I'm just like, oh, well, that stinks, and I move on. Right. I, f- I feel that for sure. Now, one of the things I love to kick off all our episodes with is a little game called uh, Six Degrees of Separation Factor Fiction. Been doing this, I forget how many months now, but it, it stems back to when Brennan asked me if I was going to see the movie Bridget Jones's Baby. And ever since then, I just felt the world needs to know he's the biggest Renee Zellweger fan ever. So this is for Brandon. Uh, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to ask you a question and you'll, you'll answer it within six degrees. And then after that. Uh, Brandon's going to determine if what you just told us is fact or fiction. You ready? 
Let's do it. All right. So, Doug, let us know uh, within six degrees how you're connected to the Renee Zellweger. So I guess serendipitous that we kind of kicked around some Cowboys chatter during the um, intro there. But uh, it actually, like I said, being a born and raised uh, Dallas kid, uh, I had a chance to, you know, come across some of those uh, Cowboys, some of the younger guys and some of the older guys as well. Uh, but when I was a kid, I got to uh, meet Tony Dorsett and hang out a little bit with with uh, with Mr. Dorsett after one of the practices at the Old Valley Ranch. God, this was, that was a long time ago. Oh, and um, anyway, it turns out that Tony Dorsett's uh, son is really into like um, motocross racing, like dirt, not dirt bikes, but like the uh, bumper, not bumper cars, but like. God, what are they called? Go karts. Uh, sorry. Go karts. ATVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Thank you. Jeez, no. two syllables. You really, really got to stretch it there. Go. <laughs> I think it's French or something. Go kart yeah. racing. As obviously, you can tell I'm just really tapped into the racing world. Um, and so Tony Dorsett's son is really into go kart racing. And believe it or not, uh, there's a few more steps in here. But long story short, so is Renee Zellweger. Huh. I'm going to say false. I, that was too much information there. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to get a little crafty there. I, I could have gone a couple of different directions, but I thought, I was like, well, we started talking about Cowboys, so I'll make up some kind of Tony Dorsett thing. <laughs> I was like, that was, it was so false. I, was, I don't even know if Tony Dorsett It was a valiant effort. Valiant effort. <laughs> well, I was thinking Tony Dorsett's son is a football player, and I know he's, I think he's a cornerback or something like that. He's, he played for somebody, and I thought, he's probably not riding a motorcycle. That's not good for an, a budding future NFL star. <laughs> No, no, it's true. Yeah, I think that's funny. <laughs> Tony was a pit guy, but you're right. He does have at least one son who's a ball player, but I couldn't tell you where. Yeah. Uh, good, good call. Well, I just, hopefully I just changed your ratio. Hey, there you go. That's a win. Yeah, that, was, that was the layup. Man. It's still nowhere near 50-50, but yeah. it's gotten him closer to it, I guess. But I, I've noticed when ever somebody just says, oh, I met her myself. And you're like, where? At a chicken coop. And he, he'll fall for it. Like, yeah, yeah I believe it. But if you add any degrees beyond that, he's like, <laughs> nope, that's false. Right. I, I just I picked up on a pattern here. So I actually am saying this for our future guests. If you happen <laughs> to come across this episode for your research, yeah, there you go. just say you know her outright. Make up where and how. Just I don't, say you know her. I don't know if you realize this, but I don't think our guests are doing a lot of research to come on to the show. <laughs> Doug did. Doug did. I'm, I'm holding on to that. <laughs> hey, hold, keep hold, yes. Jerry, I'm tracking with you. <laughs> We're not really 60 minutes. They're not prepared with the lawyer and everything else. Like, we're going to get you on this question. So, Doug, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do there in Dallas and uh, kind of kind of what your world consists of today. You bet. Uh, thanks, Brandon. Um, so, in a nutshell, I help people discover their natural talent, grow it and develop it, and put it into action. Uh, what does that look like? Well, if any of, of you or your audience have ever taken uh, the Strengths Finder assessment, right? Um, that's kind of a oh, there we go, nice, Gary. Just last week, in fact. Oh, very cool. <laughs> he nice. takes it every okay, well, week, though. He's trying to improve his score. I even brought my top five in case that came up in the conversation. So, anyway, go ahead, go ahead, Doug. Okay, it's just throwing a lot of top five. No, I'll never know. I'll just slide right by. Um, very cool. Yeah, we'll have to kick that around later. 
in a, over a 20 year sales career, different leadership and ops roles. Um, if you have a sales career, um, I feel like sales folks are kind of a little more wired this way, but certainly I am always trying to improve myself. Um, uh, whether it's through books, tapes, um, you know, great articles on the Harvard Business Review, whatever, uh, always trying to, you know, learn more um, so I can get an edge and do a better job and produce better results. And maybe seven, eight, eight years ago by now, uh, I came across Strengths Finder 2.0 by Tom Rath, uh, which was actually released as a um, as kind of a specific management niche book. Right. Uh, but it really took off and is actually the number one uh, selling nonfiction book on Amazon of all time. Wow. I didn't realize uh, that. Yeah. So, so, so um, and now I, I, we just hit the 16 million mark of individuals who've taken the Strengths Finder assessment. And so long story short, what the Strengths Finder assessment does and kind of how that weaves in with me and my story, uh, um, you take the assessments about 35, 40 minutes. And uh, Jerry, as you found, it it generates back some really meaty quality feedback and ins- uh, insight guides and action guides that I know when I first took it, it, it was I just thought, who has been like, has been, is the NSA tracking me on this? This is insane. <laughs> how did this how did this assessment like decode me so quickly? This is me. It's so spot on. Well, too accurate. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was so accurate. Um, and I thought, okay, this is fascinating. So a, on one level, it just fascinated me from a self-awareness uh, component. Um, but then as I started to apply it in my personal life and in my professional life, um, I really started to see the fruits of it. And, you know, uh, I'm always trying to like make things as simple as possible. And I would simply just encapsulate it this way. If we can find a way to d- discover, develop and focus our natural talents, uh, a lot of things fall into place. Work, life, relationships. Not going to be perfect. Everybody's not going to be smooth sailing. Obviously, that's not it at all. The point is, though, is that um, we too often find, um, and, and let's just maybe we just focus on work and career. We we often find um, ourselves or peers or colleagues or bosses or managers trying to get the square peg in, in the round hole or the round peg in the square hole. And, and it's just, it's not a fit. And, and a big reason for that, and actually 70% of the workforce is actually disengaged in their daily work, which is just criminal for me. Right. Um, I can't stand that statistic, <laughs> trying to change it a little bit every day. And the sad thing is only one out of four of them is actually looking for a new job out of your company. It's like, right. really only one out of four. Like how about you? you got it. You, yeah. you nailed it, Jerry. And it's, and so, yeah, there's so much like we, we don't have probably don't have time to go into much of the organizational ramifications of right. even just the assessment and understanding it. Um, but there's absolutely organizational um, elements to it that um, if we can get people to do what they do best every day, then um, it, 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 it points a lot of arrows that we want to go up, up. And it also points a lot of arrows that we want to go down, down. Uh, productivity increases, profitability increases, uh, absenteeism goes down, um, workplace injuries go down. Um, and and um, there's, it's a little more complex than this, but for sure, the first base is, can we get people to do the best 
Um, do we, can we get folks to do, the, do what they do best every day? And if the answer to that question is yes, circling back to StrengthsFinder, if people don't really know, you know, we all kind of know what we're good at in a, in a certain sense, but until you see it crystallized in front of you with definitive black and white ABC um, action points uh, to build on our natural talent, um, it's not always that clear. So uh, kind of taking that assessment as a root diagnostic and what I do and helping people discover their talents um, and, and develop them into strengths and put them to work is, is kind of what I do uh, in a nutshell. You know, you say a lot of people are disengaged. They don't even know they're disengaged, but their bosses have no idea they're disengaged too, because they're still going through the motions. You know, I show up every day at eight and I go home every day at five. I go to lunch. I file this paperwork. I send that email. I do the things, but I'm not engaged in it at all. And when you were talking, I was thinking of the concept of, you know, a battle, you know, you're going to battle and you think you have a hundred people, you know, a hundred men in your, in your force there. If 75% of them are not even engaged in what you're trying to do, this is going to be a bloody battle and you're going to come out really, really in a bad way. So what you're trying to do is to engage people in the thing they do most of the day, most of the week, get them engaged in their life. 100% Brandon, and I'll uh, dovetail on the on the ba- battle war metaphor. I do not know remember which one this is, but I do remember one of Sun Tzu's, uh, one of his uh, rules is how much better it is if an army can um, take another an opposing army member and turn them to your side. Right. Oh, yeah. So if we, if we think about workplace performance, um, you know, you have a team of 10, well, there's going to be one person at the top, and there's going to be one person at the bottom, there's going to be kind of a middle. Well, without getting too far in the weeds, um, in a lot of cases, sometimes that, that bottom performer, we're like, all right, let's, you know, let's get them out. Let's, let's figure out a way to get them, move the cut bait, move on. Think about, think about how much, um, and certainly this doesn't work in every case. Sometimes it's not a match and you have to move on. That's right. fair fair for sure. Um, however, Think of all of the lost productivity um, and missed opportunity. Right. When when a when a direct report doesn't uh, ha- isn't having that dialogue and consistent conversation with a boss about here's where I shine, but I don't get to do that ninety five percent of the day. Right. Um, so so many there's so much low hanging fruit on on ways and create and hey you can get as creative as you want, but on another level, you can keep it very, very simple and just say, how do we get people, how do we set people up for success? How do we get set people up to be able to do what they do best every day? And just having an intelligent, consistent conversation about that with, with the managers, um, is, is a great way to, to go back to a point I made earlier, improve productivity, improve profitability and get people, um, delivering the best they can. Right. And there's, there's some great resources out there, but one that I, I've used recently, and to me, it just is so simple. It's just ask, ask people, yeah. Hey, and here's something I did about two weeks ago. I told everybody, I said, I want you to write your job description, what you think you're supposed to be doing. And below that, I want you to put what you want to do, what you wished your job description looked like. And it was so enlightening to me because I recently took a new position about eight, nine months ago. And so some of these people I'm, I'm still getting to know. And the, the just insight 
that I got into their lives. It's like, this is what I do all day, but I really wished I was doing this. And that's where you get those stories of, I've always wanted to be a chicken farmer, you know, in Idaho or whatever, (laughs) but I've been this for the last 35 years. It's like, why stop, quit, go start the farm, do whatever you want. But it's just miserable. And that's when we really started beyond the rut to help people understand that maybe you're in a good place. You got good pay, good benefits. Everybody's nice there, but you're not doing what you're best gifted to do. And how do you find that out? Uh, so going back to Sun Tzu, there's a, a saying that I had heard when I was in the army. It's he who defends everywhere defends nowhere. Right. And there was something I picked up on when I was looking through your, uh, your about page on your website. And it's how you help people use their talents as filters. Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, see, uh, see if I can hit, hit an army metaphor. I, I'm, I, I may try. I may not land it. I'll just, I'll just try to answer your question. Um, <laughs> when we use, when we think about talents as filters, each of us sees the world um, through our own kind of worldview lens. Mm-hmm. Um, that's work, uh, people, um, how we think strategically, how we execute on a daily basis. And we all have a, a filter, a lens uh, through which we process all of that. And so if we understand the way that we naturally think, feel, and behave – Strings Finder is a really good way to kind of figure, uh, start peeling back the layers on that. If we figure out how we naturally think, feel, and behave, that gives us a huge um, advantage in how we process um, decisions, choices, relationships, um, communicating with other people, communicating with a boss, communicating with a customer. Um, So once you kind of take the assessment and get back, you know, Jerry, as you found kind of your top five, if all you did was take the assessment, you'd get a you'd get a nice self-awareness boost. But then once you really start to kind of let the feedback marinate, right. is when you start to kind of take it to a little bit of a higher level and understand, hey, um, kind of to the filter question, not everyone sees the world like I do. Not everyone thinks <laughs> like I do. Cause, and we know that. We know that, right? Yeah. You reach adulthood and you're kind of like, yeah, okay, great. Everybody's different. Diversity, certainly. And yet – um, it helps you take that from just a, a kind of a latent knowledge thing of people understanding to, okay, fair enough. Now, how can I use that? What are some potholes I can avoid because of the, because of my talent filter that I know I'll step in if I'm not kind of on it. Right. Right. It, it helps you. Um, it just helps improve the efficacy of your time and your energy. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Wow, that, that's a great way to put it, is, is maximizing your time, because that's the only resource you have a limited amount of, but you also have the same amount as everybody else. You know, you just got to figure out a way how you stop doing the things you're not supposed to be doing. 
I love how right. you put that, you know, it might be enlightening and, and kind of a boost, but I think it was Lee Cockrell that said, you know, finding out you have cancer might be a lot of knowledge and it's good, but if you don't act on it, you're still going to die. <laughs> yes. That, you know, I think that was him. <laughs> I just think, yeah, that, you know, knowing your strengths is awesome, but if you don't do anything with that, then that's all it is. It's just knowledge. Yeah, completely. I mean, you, you the, on the, on the, the cancer anecdote, it's like you think about one of the, one of the most, uh, you know, written about discussed guys of the, of the past 50 years was Steve jobs. Right. And he got, he got diagnosed and just kind of sat on it. And <laughs> yeah, he's, as I understand it from my reading of what he had, it's, you know, if he had taken action to your point, right. He'd still be here. Right. And he's seen as one of the innovators of our generation. I mean, you're one of the, the top guys in the world as far as, you know, inventions and just futuristic kind of thought process. And he just ignored some knowledge that could have maybe taken six months out of his life and he lived another 30 years, but right. he just ignored it. You think of all the times, all the foul, tens of thousands of times he acted. Right. Right. He acted on knowledge. Oh, we're gonna, Everybody we're else gonna... didn't. Yeah, and he didn't. Crazy. Okay. That, that's so good, too, whenever you think about learning your strengths and how you can apply those, not just in work and relationships, but that that's really what we try to talk about a lot on this podcast is how can you find a way to maximize your effect, either at work or in relationships at home, health-wise, whatever it is, rather than just hitting every one of those potholes because you don't know what you're not supposed to be doing, what you're not good at. So what, what do you spend most of your time during the day? Your kind of day job now is, is to help people find this, but what are some practical things that maybe you teach day one to some people that you may only have their attention for 20 minutes into the first meeting, you know? Right. That's a great question. Thanks for asking. So, um, one point I'll make, and if we have time, I'll kind of, I'll kind of layer it with another, but just important to know that, uh, and I'll give you the kind of the definition of a talent as Gallup defines it. And, and that helps kind of crystallize a little bit talent versus strength. And if we define talent, it's a recurring pattern of thought, feeling, or behavior that can be productively applied. So, for instance, Jerry, when you took the StrengthsFinder assessment and got back um, your top five results, those are talent themes. Okay. And yet the book is called StrengthsFinder. So it gets a little muddy, but track with me here. <laughs> so the, the, the talent are, are those innate things that, you know, uh, we um, how we are wired to think, feel, and behave are, are natural talents. However, what we want to do is turn those talents into consistent strengths. And the way we define a strength is the ability to consistently provide near-perfect performance in a specific activity. So we have all these natural abilities, but how can we improve them and invest in them so we can call on them consistently whenever and however we need them? And so the middle of this is if, if we listeners can just kind of in picture and boy, I was a journalism major. So when I start talking about math formulas, we really start to fishtail. But this is a very easy one. <laughs> it's talent times investment equals strength. So you start with your talent. How do we grow it to a strength that's consistent, that's reliable, that we can call on? We have to invest in it. Right. So the third kind of leg of the stool or piece of the formula is how do we define investment? And that's time spent practicing or developing skills and building on your knowledge base. Putting that, helping people put that formula into action, teams, organizations, so that they can perform better is, is what I kind of do in a nutshell. And you know, using the Strengths Finder assessment as an initial diagnostic 
is how we kind of give everybody a baseline so that everybody's at least beginning to kind of look, like I said, a little self-awareness boost, but then speaking similar terms and understanding. And there's 34 talent themes. So, you know, there's 29 other ones, uh, Jerry, that you're like, ah, okay, whatever. I'll get to those later. Give me the, <laughs> give me the ones that are mine. These are great. Yes. I, I've, I've no, I've, you probably thought I've always known I'm amazing. Now I get to read about how amazing I am. Right? <laughs> Um, but as you, you can see how when, when you expand it into even it, I'll make this, um, example, even just in the, the dynamic of a husband and a wife, I mean, there's 34 talent themes. So they're going to probably, Hey, maybe one or two of them overlap, but the probability is that they will be different. And if you can start seeing a little bit better and understanding your spouse a little bit better through this and understanding, ah, my spouse her, her talent themes are filtered this way. Boy, it's uh, as someone told me two years ago, but he was, had just got engaged and we were kind of talking strings a little bit over lunch and he stopped and said, Doug, I think you just saved me 40 years of disagreements with my wife. Oh, wow. I was like, I was like all right, it's very, very good. We weren't, weren't even trying to, right? And this, is, <laughs> this is not some testament to any kind of like amazing coaching part of mine of myself. It was just, hey, unpacking the power of the results of the assessment and helping having that conversation, that dialogue to see the benefits that are there. So I'm, I've started a rabbit trail on, on you, Jerry. So I maybe, I maybe, <laughs> no, it's fine. maybe on the question. But no, that, that was dead on. Just, just understanding. It's kind of like a, you know, I, I think in terms of sports, you know, you've got a baseball team. I really want to play first base, but my strength is shortstop no matter how much you want it and you take somebody great that, you know, like Derek Jeter or somebody couldn't really play first base because they were just so good at third base and shortstop. Even second base was a struggle for him. And I think one game he played every position and he just really wasn't that great at about six out of the nine positions. Right. Cause you got to know so your strength. Really good at one. Yeah, for sure. And so, and so you think about the, so obviously the, the sports metaphors are endless and I love them. We, we, boy, we talk about baseball. It's like, so you look at the, you know, the importance of the manager or the general manager and putting the right pieces in the right place. You could be last place. What are the, what's, what's the team in from Bull Durham? Oh my gosh. The Bulls. Fiction, fictional the Bulls. baseball movie trivia is failing me. And I was like, you could be last place. You could win the pennant, even just based on how you're positioning your players. Right. And if, if you live in Cleveland and you're thinking maybe the Browns someday, no, this doesn't apply to them. They're, they're <laughs> always going to be bad. And I know the drafts tonight and they're all hopeful, but you're, you're not going to ever win. That's just the way it goes. You just made my JV football coach cringe. <laughs> huge, huge Cleveland fan. I know there's people listening to this and the drafts already passed and they've already heard that the Cleveland Browns blew it. So this will apply by the time somebody hears this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different rant that doesn't really mean anything but i was thinking I think, I think they have many many more years to go before they turn a corner in cleveland <laughs> they've had the number one pick for like 60 years in a row and they just can't do anything <laughs> with it so you know but it, it it also applies to the what we're talking about though because like you were saying it's it's better to hire well sure. but if you don't then you've got to do the best you can with what you've got. Maybe, like you said, you do have to cut bait and say, hey, this just isn't the place for you. But uh, Craig Rochelle always talks about, you know, how how much cheaper it is to hire well the first time because then you don't have to fire them. You don't have to figure out how they work with the culture. And, you know, you've got to have the right people on board. But 
if somebody's listening to this and they say, yeah, but I've got, you know, 10 people that work on my team and, and I, I just, I don't get to make those decisions. They're just here. And how do I make the best out of what I have with these 10 people, even if I don't really care for two or three of them? Right, for sure. Pro- probably a not uncommon dilemma. <laughs> we find in, um, in any 10 person team across corporate America, for sure. Um, you know, I have seen, I said this recently, and I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I have never, um, in my career, I've never utilized um, any type of strengths-based growth and development where the where the individual did not improve after um, having a few strengths dialogues. This touches on multiple points that we've covered, but you know, if you're a manager and you have 10 people and maybe, you know, there's one or two or three all-stars and then kind of a middle and then maybe one or two that maybe aren't really connecting the dots, a very easy way to help unpack why that individual may or may not be performing to standard is to get a better understanding of how they naturally think, feel and behave. You know, they can buy the Strengths Finder book, which is a bestseller. You can probably walk into any bookstore and pull it off the shelf, or you can just go online and take the assessment itself for 15 bucks. I mean, that's probably the best $15 a manager could spend to get his or her people to go knock that assessment out in about 40, 45 minutes. And then you see, aha, the scales will fall from the eyes. They go, oh, I get it now. Uh, I'm the boss. And when I when I send uh, Jerry. Steve, yeah, well, I was trying to make a g- generic. <laughs> we'll go, Jerry, we'll pick, we'll pick on you. All right, I'll we'll, do it. We'll, we'll pick it. on Renee. Well, those yeah, will pick on Renee. There you go. When I send, when I send Renee an email, um, say if I'm a high execution boss, I send Renee an email. And I'm like, ah, you know, I sent that at 11.01. It's 11.07 and I have not, I don't have a response. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, that was that was some maybe some high execution filtering going on in me as as a boss. Well, R- Renee, she might be wired in a very highly strategic way, and she may get that and say, "Oh, hey, this is great. You know, my, my boss needs some information. I'm going to get a hundred page PDF from a vendor <laughs> before end of business day today, and I'm going to get that to him, and he's going to love it, and this is going to be perfect, and we're all going to come together for our presentation tomorrow. We're going to crush it." It makes perfect sense to her to wait until she gets some magical PDF, right, in our fictional story here, to wait until for for five, six hours until she gets it to send it to me. Conversely, if I'm high execution, again, I'm pretty strategic personally, so there's hypothetical here, but I'm sitting here going, "Ah, what's, come on, what's taking so long? So you can already see just the conflict in something so innocuous as an email or or an information exchange, um, how if... If I understand Renee, Renee understands me, and the team kind of has at least a little bit of baseline for their peers and colleagues, especially the boss, though, <laughs> if you can understand how everybody's wired, it really just changes things. And um, uh, so many of the anecdotes like that, r- real ones, I probably should have used a real one, but um, uh, where it just, you once you know the players um, and how they naturally think, feel, and behave, um, you're, you're, uh, you're just a few steps ahead of any potential conflict. I said this a few years ago, but, um, I, it still holds true. And I, I think it'll hold true the rest of my life. If all understanding, um, your friends, family, coworkers, natural talents did was increase the grace quotient of the room by 5%, wow. paid, paid, you know, done paid, paid for itself. You're done. Like that, that's a successful investment of time. And I, every time I've used it, it's, it's proven out. 
That's so true. I, I, I can't tell you how many conversations we've been in with uh, other people where Jerry said, you know, I think what the issue is, is they they probably don't know their strengths and, and personality, but I think it's this. And that's why we've got to deal with them this way and we'll get more out of them and they'll be happy. And, and sometimes you're just in conflict. And you're like, I don't know what's wrong. Knowing right. how to talk to somebody. And like you were saying, being culturally diverse, you know, if you're if you just start yelling at somebody that doesn't speak English, you know, I've always been fascinated by if I say it louder, somehow you you will understand the words, yeah. you know, I need a, a, to go to hospital, you know, slower and faster and louder. None of that matters. Learning how people communicate, like you said, would, would just raise the grace quotient. 5% would be great. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't say it better. That's, that's funny. I, I've, I've, I'm probably guilty of there's a total language barrier. And yet if I say it slower and louder, that's <laughs> why is it this making sense? Yeah. That's Yeah. I always tell the story of I would take my daughter lunch a lot at school and she always wanted Whataburger. And so I would pull up to the window and people listening to the podcast can't really see this, but I would hold my hand up above my other hand because I'd need a drink carrier. And there was a lady, an older lady that worked at Whataburger and she would always go, I know what a drink carrier looks like. <laughs> it's like, you can just say it. You don't have to show me what, what it is. This is the international yeah. sign for drink carrier, though. Yeah. So that was good. I mean, that's why I've done the same thing. Exactly. Oh, man. So, Doug, if somebody wanted to reach out to you for some one-to-one coaching or uh, to speak at their organization or be a keynote speaker, how do they reach out to you? For sure. Um, so my website is called strengthslauncher.com or uh, shoot me an email. I'd be glad to field any, any questions or thoughts that way. Hello at strengthslauncher.com. Um, and then also, I'm, I'm pretty good about Twitter. So at Wilkes Doug, uh, at W I L K S D O U G, um, is also a very easy way uh, to connect on the old Twitterverse. If I'm not in Colorado, I'm usually pretty good about <laughs> about about that. But I, I tried to I tried to I tried to dial down some the digital screens a little bit in Colorado. So, but I'm back. So, um, but Twitter is another way to to reach out to me. If anybody has any questions or thoughts from this, from our exchange, I'd absolutely um, welcome any opportunity to, to answer those questions or help anybody out that are followers of you guys. And your website has all of that, the Twitter, the Facebook, everything they can get on there. It doesn't say, I, I kind of looked around, I don't see marriage counselor on there anywhere, but you know, by the story you told, maybe you could help with that too somewhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe down the road. Um, yeah, that was kind of, a, that was this serendipitous comment from my from a buddy it wasn't a, it wasn't a marriage counseling uh, discussion but he just was speaking to how impactful the the strengths finder assessment was for him personally so absolutely they like it's funny we've we focused on our conversation on work and ground could be gained just in interpersonal relationships if if no one ever mentioned work or career and you just had a team of people i mean in the nonprofit world like, right. don't even talk about career. What do we need to accomplish? Or even just friends and family. How do we nurture our relationships and and grow our family relationships and know each other and love each other better? I mean, obviously, so much so much benefit there as well. 
I totally agree. I was thinking in context of I have five kids and I was thinking each one of them's a little different. You know, there, we've always said, you know, there, there's one that, that you can just look at and, and he reacts and he's heartbroken and he, he gets, you know, in the right mode. And then there's another one that you could literally just shoot at him and he's still going to hold his ground and be, you know, steadfast <laughs> no matter what. But knowing the different ways that they communicate is so much better because then you know, what you're doing. You you can get a point across and you're not frustrated by the fact they didn't reply quickly because they're out there doing stuff, bringing it back to you. What hundred percent, hundred percent. That's a, that's a, that's a good, uh, great example. Parents and parents and kids for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's great. Thanks, Doug, for coming on. It was so cool to meet you and, and just hear your story and, 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 uh, getting people in touch with you. They can, they can sign up for your emails and, and just follow you on Twitter and see some of that stuff. But, but just, I would highly recommend like you just get that book, read it, do the strengths finder and, and take it from there. Don't just gain the knowledge, but actually act on the knowledge. Absolutely. Brandon. I, c- I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, get out there, take the assessment, boost your self-awareness a little bit, but then uh, move on it. Um, because it's really just kind of the first step. And if you start to pour into it and, and invest in those talents, like we touched on, talent times investment equals strength, um, that's when you really start to see the big rewards. Be sure to head over to the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 087. There you'll find links on how to get in touch with Doug Wilkes, how to take your strength finders assessment, and other episodes that relate to this episode. Now, the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, your coworkers, or that neighbor across the street. Why not? Be a good neighbor. We'd love to hear from you, too, whether it's a topic you'd like us to tackle, a triumphant story you'd love us to share on our show, or if you just want to say hi, shoot us an email, info at beyondtherut.com, or you can call and leave a voicemail at 361-596-3788. Now... I'm going to leave you with this one little piece of advice. Go live life beyond the rut. Take care and we'll catch you on the next episode. Intro, Abe. Episode 87. Canadian <laughs> the Canadian version. Not <laughs> I'm not even Canadian. From the other Ka, California. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.